Hey, welcome to this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime, the podcast where we talk about cybercrime. Yep, that's what we do. <laughs> Anyways, this week we're starting off with a bold message. Kids are stupid. Even if you like kids, you, you gotta admit, kids are stupid. I was a pretty smart kid, and even I was pretty stupid. My dad could probably tell you all about that, and I don't feel like embarrassing myself today, so we're gonna move on. Except I will say one thing. As a kid, I did give my Webkin's password to one of my friends, and then they bought a bunch of the most expensive houses to drain my money from my account. My Webkin's were all fine, but I had no money, and my mom would log on to play some of the minigames for fun, so I was loaded. My dad had to re-emphasize why I should not share my password with others, and we created a new, stronger one. It wasn't great by today's standards, but I learned a lesson and never shared my password again. Either way, kids are especially prone to giving away more information than they should be. Heck, a lot of early teens online are a little too comfortable giving away every piece of information about them, including their full name, age, gender, hints about their location, mental disorders, trauma, and straight up lists of things that upset them. This is a bad idea. I do use my full name, but I don't try to give away much else, mostly because I don't enjoy talking about my personal life a whole lot on the internet. However, before this style of allowing yourself zero privacy was a thing, something super popular for when I was a kid was virtual kids' worlds, like Club Penguin. But also the aforementioned Webkins, Animal Jam, Wizard 101 I think, I never played it, Roblox, and Free Realms. Man, I fucking love Free Realms. And a common way to steal account credentials was through premium currency generators. You go to a site that promises you a free membership or a free premium currency, and as long as you hand over your login credentials before you know it, your account has been drained and the Fisher now has all your stuff. All you can hope to do is beg the support staff to get your stuff back, and this may lead to losing things you bought with premium currency, which is a financial loss, but ultimately it didn't hurt your computer. Today's episode is not about that. No support staff can hope to help you here. Although I could make an episode about that topic, and actually I'm adding it to my list now. Thank you, me. Anyways, my point in bringing up the whole kids are stupid thing and here's a list of reasons why is because we are discussing malware that does utilize gullible children on the internet to spread. This is the Pikachu virus, the first email worm that targeted children to spread by using a cute cartoon from the beloved Pokemon series that promised friendship. Pikachu had become prevalent months after I Love You had run its course, and many news sites would even go to compare the two later on, both were email worms. Worms, in this case an email worm, spread itself when an email is opened, and on July 28th, 2000, an email sent to spread all over the world was sent out that read, Great friend! Pikachu from the Pokemon theme have some friendly words to say. Visit Pikachu at www.pikachu.com. See you! I am no Nintendo historian, but I did go to the Internet Archive and found that Pikachu.com on October 18th, 2000 was an exact clone of Pokemon.com on that same day, which makes me believe this was a phishing site of some sorts. If it was an official Nintendo site, it wouldn't be a clone of an existing page. I confirmed with a few friends that Pikachu.com was likely not an official site, and my friends Bash and Caitlin both agreed it was a clone, and that some text on the website even referred to it being called Pokemon.com when, well, it wasn't. Caitlin and I both tried to find old domain ownership records to confirm it was not owned by Nintendo, but neither of us could find any records before the year 2002, and it was owned by Nintendo that year. Since the worm was active in 2000, this doesn't necessarily prove it was owned by Nintendo. Someone on Reddit claims that it downloaded a Trojan in the background that was the same EXE file that we'll get to later. I asked if they had a source and they sent me to the Wikipedia page, which did not say that. So I don't know where they got it from initially. I can't specifically tell you if this website was simply to make the virus seem more legitimate by linking it to what looked like the official Pokemon.com website, 
or if it was to help to spread the malware, or both, or if it was trying to look legitimate by linking a real Nintendo-owned website. I don't have enough information to conclude that either way, but thank you to Caitlin and Bash for helping me research it, even though it, it wasn't the most fruitful investigation. Although I do think it was a clone site intended for phishing or drive-by downloads, which are downloads happen that happen in the background without the user's consent of, usually, malware. And this was a problem around the time. Of course, there was more to this email, as I wouldn't be talking about this if it were just a dead end, and in fact this was the less important part, I just fixated on it for some reason. There was an EXE file called PikachuPokemon.exe. EXE image files were not all that uncommon in emails. Nowadays, if you're mailed an EXE file, you should probably not open it unless you were specifically expecting it. And even then, be careful. But on the early internet, it could just be an e-card from someone. Oh, how things have changed. Anyways, clicking on the EXE file would show a cute image of Pikachu facing the right, and there was more text in the image that read, Between millions of people around the world, I found you. Don't forget to remember this day every time, my friend. Visit us at Pikachu.com. My friend was written in all caps, but I didn't want to yell. Because believe it or not, I like my listeners and don't want to give you ear pain. Opening the EXE file would do a few different things besides just showing you a cute and sweet message of friendship from everyone's favorite electric mouse. First, the worm would access the user's Outlook email address book and send itself to every contact listed, repeating the life cycle of an email worm in the hopes that more people will open the message. But it was also a lot more harmful physically than the average email worm. Worms typically are not meant to do a whole lot of damage to computers themselves. Rather, they eat up resources and slow down email servers to disrupt communications. That itself slows down productivity, which is harmful, but recoverable from after it's been discovered and dealt with. I love you clogged up servers similarly and lost a lot of money, but it didn't actually destroy any computers. Pikachu was not as kind as to leave your computer unharmed. Pikachu would add some commands to automatically execute when you restarted your PC, and all of them were potentially incredibly dangerous. These commands would delete the Windows and Windows Systems folders accordingly, which you need for your computer to work. So you would have effectively turned your PC into an expensive paperweight. Except there was a mistake in the virus. The commands written were Dell C Windows System 32 and Dell C Windows, and there was one major issue with this. Windows would ask you on restart if you wanted to delete those files. I'm sure some people accidentally said yes or clicked it without knowing, but this one flaw prevented the virus from potentially doing much more damage. By the way, it was actually possible for the virus to do this on reset if the programmer had simply added slash Y, which automatically confirms the decision without making you confirm again later. And in the year 2000, Windows did not care if you attempted to delete System32, so this would have likely been successful. I can't say how many kids were using email in the year 2000, but it was pretty clearly an attack targeted towards children. The whole message of the email was that, well, Pikachu was your friend, and according to kids, you could send an email to anyone, so why not Pikachu? It's pretty clear that children would be far more likely to open an attachment on an email proclaiming that Pikachu is your best friend, and kids would be a lot less likely to really notice or care about the grammatical errors than adults would. Pikachu was not as widespread as I love you, but if executed slightly better, it had the potential to do so much more physical damage to computers along with networks. A malware targeted specifically for children is actually a pretty good idea, and these days with kids on the internet earlier than ever, I wouldn't be surprised if some malware came up that relied on their innocence to spread, even if it's not in the form of an email worm. It's unknown how far Pikachu ever really reached, or if it did actually destroy any computers, which 
You could actually fix if you reinstalled the operating system, but who would know that back then who isn't very tech-savvy? Kids on the internet need internet safety lessons beyond stranger danger. I was taught never to share your real name, address, school, or age on the internet, which I pretty much never did until I was 17. As an adult now, I don't necessarily need to be protected as much, my full name is certainly out there, but I know what to keep private. These are good rules, but we should also be teaching kids to never click on links in emails as we do with adults. And of course, to always be suspicious about free things or fictional characters contacting you in the case of very young kids. Thank you to Kaspersky, Sophos, and Microsoft for information on the malware, and of course, also thank you to the BBC and Accounting Web for reports on the malware. And thank you, listener. My name is Chloe Tonus, and until next time, stay secure.